This is the Oklahoma Talking Company. Greetings and welcome to The Givers Podcast. The Givers is a group I started about two years ago. There are some fundamental principles of giving that truly do connect us with true abundance, and that's what this show is all about. Over the years, I learned these principles from mentors and by reading books. One of the most important is the Bible. I began to share these principles with people I met, and five men wanted to meet and find out where these principles could lead them, their families, and their businesses. Well, five turned into 12 and quickly moved to 20 plus. Currently, we have over 300 people in the Oklahoma City metro area every week attending four different givers group sessions. Before I introduce my guest today, I want to share with you the seven marks of a giver so that you kind of have a basis of understanding where we come from. We choose to be a giver. Therefore, we are not the main character of our own life stories. We know that giving is serving, and our service to others keeps us aligned with the flow of abundance. We live a life of integrity because our character determines the measure of our influence. We align ourselves with other givers who enhance our resources and expand our opportunities to serve others. We are not the owners of what we receive. Instead, we are stewards and conduits connecting others with the abundance that flows through us. We remain open to receiving because the more we receive, the more we can give. And the greatest resource we can offer anyone is the opportunity to become a giver. Well, my guest today is a man who has lived life on many sides, both the taking and the giving side, and he understands the value of living life as a giver. And he's here today to share his story with you. I'm happy to share this time with Josh McQueen. Josh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Trey. It's good to be here. Thank you, brother. It's so good to see you again. And uh, I know you very, very well. You are a giver from the inside out, but you've chosen to be that way. Came from the Air Force. By the way, I... Thank you for your service. Appreciate mm-hmm. that very, very much. And you you came at it from the intelligence side of the Air Force. So there's you're privy to a lot of information that if you shared any of it today, we'd probably have snipers on us in a moment. So we don't <laughs> want to share any of that stuff today. But talk with us a little bit, if you would, about how your experience through growing up and then going through the Air Force and then even up to today has guided you toward making these choices of being a giver? Well, one of the things that I think a lot of people don't understand about being in the military is that it's very much a, uh, it's, it's very much voluntary mm-hmm. and a lot of people go into it, you know, for whatever reason they do, because it's a stable job, they get the education, but what they quickly learn is that there's a lot of sacrifice required. Mm. Uh, and usually a lot more sacrifice required than than benefits that pop out the other end. Hmm. And so uh, much like a, a couple other professions that I know of, um, it is truly a calling, hmm. uh, something that, that people answer to. And uh, there's a lot of folks who come in and just stay for a sh- few short years, yeah. uh, and then they're out. And for them, it's, it's not as heavy a calling on their life. But then there's those that stay a while that really truly get and they understand uh, what it means to to serve. So it's not just uh, following orders. It's um, more of a team atmosphere, truly. 
where it's voluntary, but you still follow orders, but you do so with a certain level of trust. Brotherhood, if you will. Great word. Yeah. Brotherhood. So share with us some of the experiences, those that you can, and not get sniper bullets at us, but share with us some of the experiences that you went through in the military that perhaps made you, they were turning points or tipping points, if you were, in your life that caused you to change the way you lived and thought. Oh, there's a few of those. Um, I know for the longest time I lived for myself. And I lived for what I could get out of whatever situation uh, I was in. Um, going way back before the military, uh, you know, I grew up in a family environment uh, where my both my parents did what they could um, to put food on the table and to to raise us right and to give us the things that they never had. It was very big back in the eighties yeah. where a lot of the eight, a lot of the parents in the eighties, they wanted to give their kids the things that they never grew up with during the baby boomer, uh, era, because during the baby boomer era, everybody was coming back from the war and we were in this deep recovery of just coming off of world war two and world war and, uh, or yeah, world war two and the Korean war. And so we didn't have a whole lot here in the States. Um, and so, uh, don't want to get too deep into philosophy, but uh, so I had a, a fairly decent foundation there, um, but it didn't really stick. And so I don't know if it was the culture of the United States then or, or what it was, but I, I really grew up as uh, seeking things for myself. And so I went through a very long period of that. And although I have, as you said, I, uh, we have, I have responsibility number five, right? Um, so I have a deep sense of responsibility, but that deep sense of responsibility, I was, I was working the opposite side of that and, and was more so seeking responsibility for, you know, what, so that I don't get in trouble or that I can get something for myself. So it was about you. It was very early on. And so, you know, I started to see as I came in, uh, some leaders around me who, uh, who really looked out for the, they, they served the people that worked for them, if that makes any sense. So it's kind of like a, an upside down leadership pyramid where the, the skinny point of the pyramid where all the big leaders are, are really actually holding up and serving, uh, everybody that works for them as being above them. Kind of an upside down triangle. Upside down triangle. Gotcha, absolutely. Gotcha. And so one of the, uh, I got in some trouble early on, um, had some, uh, uh, had some financial dealings that I had issues with. Uh, and when, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I was arrested on my 21st birthday. No, oh, congratulations. Yes. Thank yeah. you. So, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but they throughout all of that, I had a couple supervisors that walked through that with me. They saw something in me that I couldn't see in myself. And they saw a potential of this young man to go on and do things that were greater than himself. Even though he himself, that was being me, even though I myself did not realize that I had those within me, nor did I care. 
at the time. But that example set for me early on was one of service and was one of wanting to step forward and stick your neck out for somebody and take a chance that someone else might grow and learn and turn themselves around. And so that was, that was one of the first uh, experiences that I had where, where somebody showed me that. So you saw them making an investment in you, even though they really weren't getting a return right then. They saw something right. that they wanted to cultivate in you right? so that you could be a better person. Absolutely. Regardless of how it turned out for them. Absolutely. And I had people gunning for me. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> there were leaders that were in, the, in our unit that uh, no longer wanted me part of their Air Force. Wow. And so they were ready to get rid of me right then and there. But like I said, there were a few people that were willing to be courageous that saw something in me that said, you know what, there's something there. But what, what made you, when you recognized that they were interested in helping you, and there were others gunning for you to get you out of the Air Force, mm -hmm. what was it that made you stop and listen to the people who wanted to help rather than, um, you know, be, be very, very uh, transparent, flip the people off, yeah. who wanted you out of the Air Force and go, fine, take it. I don't want the Air Force anyway. What was it that made you choose the way you chose? What was it? I think it was something inside me that really appreciated what it was that they were doing and that saw it and that I saw it for what it was, that somebody would be willing to, I mean, you know, no kidding. And this is, this is the quintessential, you know, anybody who's, who's in the military uh, and has seen somebody in trouble or been in trouble themselves. Right. You know, they get dressed up in their dress uniform and they have to go stand in front of the boss and they have to stand there and be completely ashamed of, of what's going on. And to have somebody that's standing right next to you that says, you know what, sir, I know he screwed up, but please give him a chance. Because I think that there is something deep within him that will be a benefit to this unit and to the military. And you, you lived that experience. You were dressed up. Oh, yeah. And stood there. Oh, yeah. And had somebody stand beside you who outranked you, who mm -hmm. took your cause. Right. Wow. <laughs> but why were you able to receive that instead of like a lot of people do. They don't, I don't want any help. I'm very, people are very independent. What was it that you saw or you felt, or what was it that made you say, I'm going to let, I'm going to take this shot. I'm going to let this guy stand with me. I'm going to get dressed up. I don't want to walk through the humiliation of this and see where it goes. What made you do that? Fear. Fear of? Just, uh, just fear in general, fear of, I was afraid of what would happen if I tried to take it on myself. And I knew I couldn't. I was powerless to do so. So uh, there, was, uh, there was no issue about me trying to, uh, trying to go out and win any battles myself because 
because I knew it was a losing battle. Mm. So did you approach the officer to go with you or did the officer approach you to go with you? Uh, it was more of uh, this person was my direct supervisor. Gotcha. And so they had an obligation to be there with me. Yeah. But more than just the obligation, they didn't have an obligation to back me. So he could have just stood there silent while you had your dressing down. Oh, he there. He could have very well stood there and said, you know what, sir, you're right. We don't need this kind of riffraff wow. in our military. Wow. And I've seen that happen, too. Wow. What a gift. It, it was. What a gift. Now, tell me about the impact that that had on your life after that. Well, uh, after that, it started growing something in me. Something a little bit deeper than just uh, on the surface. And it planted a seed that said, this is how leaders are supposed to act. <laughs> but it was a seed. Yeah. And only a seed. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, this was, this was before I started getting into, you know, learning about God's word and, and what God tells us about what leaders should be sure, and, sure. and what servants are and, and that sort of thing. I love it. So the seed was planted mm -hmm. and, uh, there is a scripture that says, uh, unless a seed falls into the ground and dies, it abides by itself. But if it falls into the ground and dies, it'll bear abundant fruit. So obviously, knowing you like I know you, this seed has borne abundant fruit in your life. Talk about some of the fruit that this has shown up in your life because of these lessons you've learned, some, some, some of the ways it's taken you and directed you and some of the other experiences you've had. Oh, man. Do you want specific stories? Sure. Okay. You, yeah. It's one, one or two is really, really great. It's better than the general, generalized <laughs> stuff. So one or two little stories that, that help people know who you are better. Well, um, fast forward about probably about 10 years or so, and uh, I'm making the decision as to whether or not to stay enlisted or, or become an officer. Um, and continually, I mean, continually, and I don't know uh, who I charmed or, or what happened, but I kept getting good supervisors along the way. Yeah. People who, uh, who knew what it meant to one degree or another, mm -hmm. what it meant to be a good leader. Yeah. And so I was very fortunate from that aspect. Um, but uh, one in particular, uh, one in particular pulled me aside one day and helped me to understand that uh, I would have a greater impact, that although I could do great things as an enlisted person, I would have greater impact becoming an officer. Um, and so... That was the direction I pursued, went down that road. Uh, fast forward again a few more years, and along the way there were stumbles, you know, trying to stick my foot out and, and practice leadership and whatnot. Sure, sure. And I find out, well, that, that's not the way to do it, so pull it back, <laughs> go out again, that's not the way to do it. Yeah, experience oh, is a great back. teacher. <laughs> <laughs> it is a great teacher. Uh, but I also realized that, uh, throughout that, that it's also good to ask for advice. Yeah. When you go out. And so, you know, you ask for advice to, to help discern more 
the way you're supposed to go. So, yeah. Um, we all have advisors in our lives, people that are e- that are eager to give us advice, and we can seek advice from a lot of different people, from a lot of different sources. And I'm sure that you had some naysayers that were in your sphere of influence, as well as the positive leaders that were in your influence, those that wanted to see you succeed. So what was it that made you, and you heard advice from both sides, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. What was it that made you choose to listen to that advice instead of the negative advice? What was it? Well, uh, I received a bit of advice a long time ago. And it might have been in a John Maxwell book. Who knows? Who knows? Um, good guy, though. Yeah, he is. Read anything he's got. It's all <laughs> <He> good. <laughs> but I started reading leadership books back in my mid-20s. Okay. And uh, one of the things that I came across, and I'm going to have to go back and find where I got it from, is that you need to decide who you want to be like, and that's who you need to listen to. So, for instance, uh, if I wanted to, let's say, for instance, I wanted to emulate you, Trey. Please don't, but go ahead with your story. Go ahead. <laughs> Just as an example, and be the kind of leader that you are, then I would need to seek your mentorship to determine what is it that you do, what is it that you have done that's brought you to where you are now, and then start doing those things. And if I find different things in different leaders that I want to bring together in myself, or that I know God wants to bring together in me, yeah. then I go out and seek those people yeah. and find out how it is that they developed that one specific thing. So it's not its not just this. a happenstance. It didn't just all of a sudden get dropped on you, and you went, oh, great, I've got these people that want to help me learn how to lead and live life differently. Although they were there, you still had to strategically or make the choice to reach out to them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because everybody's too busy to pour into people just mm-hmm. at random. Mm-hmm. You can't just expect people to uh, to reach out and say, you know what, there's potential in you. Yeah. Because there's potential in everybody. But, you know, there are there is potential in everyone. But there are a lot of people listening to this podcast right now who say, you know what, nobody really wants to spend time investing in me. I, I don't have anything really to offer. Uh, they do. And there are people. Talk about that for a moment. How do they find these people? Well, you know what? It's funny because I just mentored somebody on this the other day. Yeah. Um, And it's not somebody that I'm in regular relationship with, uh, but it is somebody that I have kind of a a casual relationship with, friendship-wise, where uh, they looked at me and said, you know what? I, I don't... Uh, I don't feel worthy. Yeah. You know, I, why would somebody want to, you know, w- want to talk to me? And, right. and I want this message to be so crystal clear to everybody that's listening to this. And I want you, if there's any of this that you get out to the entire rest of the world, you can clip this part and send it out to your friends, is that if you need help with somebody... There is no greater compliment that you can pay to somebody else than to say, I would like your help. (laughs) Say that another way. Rephrase that. That's beautiful. Can you rephrase that? Yeah, absolutely. Is that if if you want help with something, whenever whenever someone goes, and I'm going to speak to you, you, me, you who are listening, whenever you go to somebody and you say, 
Trey. Yeah. Or whoever it is. Yeah, whoever. There's something in my life that I want to make better. And from where I sit, you have this together, and I would really like your help with this. Yeah. Would you mind pouring into my life and talking to me about who you are and how you got there with regards to this or just in general? And that is one of the hugest compliments that you can pay to somebody. Wow. Well said. Well said. And you know what? I, I've never put it quite in those terms, but I do that all the time with people. All the time. And it is. It's a, it's a huge compliment. And, and it's one that, that very often uh, I, I can't fulfill because there's just not enough time in the day. Yeah. But I have other people, you being one, that I can say, I know somebody who's been down this road, go talk with Josh. And I know other people that I can refer these people to. But that's just, as your influence grows, you can begin to refer these people to others. So, so being a giver, mm -hmm. you've come to the point where you realize that you are not the main character of your own life story. Correct. Who is the main character of your life story? The main character of my life story, yeah, honestly, is God. Yeah, and I know that sounds cliche. Talked about that before, but um, that is the main character of my life story, and it really is not just him, but uh, the the body of humanity. I, I would have said believers, but it encompasses more than just believers because we're called to serve not just those who are part, but we're also called to serve those who are, in fact, we're called to serve more to those who are not part of the family of God. We're to walk shoulder to shoulder with the family of God to go out and serve the world. I went to a church not too long ago. Uh, this was uh, our home church back in Georgia for a while, and I really loved the way that they put it. How do they put okay? it? It was their. It was at the time our our church's mission statement. It was leading people to uh, connecting people to Jesus and to one another to serve the world. Hmm. Hmm. You know that's right in line with what the giver's mission statement is. And that is to connect people everywhere with true abundance. Yeah. Yeah. We were created to live an abundant life. Mm-hmm. Not abundant stuff. Right. But that's what most of the people interpret as abundance, is yeah. the stuff. But that's not what we were created to live. Stuff doesn't live. Life lives. Right. And so we were created to live an abundant life. And as givers we are responsible for helping people understand that abundant life can be found, and it's oversimplistic, but it can be found in nine basic character qualities. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Self and when we seek to have those in our lives, some amazing things begin to happen. And then when we align ourselves with other people who get that, who understand that, yeah. people can't see I did ha air hashtags right then, <laughs> who get that, yeah. then what happens is our connection with them encourages one another. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're saying to yourself, I need to find someone 
who can speak into my life. You don't have this figured out. You need to find somebody who is at least trying to get this figured out and hang out with them. Pick their brain, ask them questions, ask them to speak into your life and be humble enough to go, all right, so in the last few minutes that we have, let's talk about aligning ourselves with people who enhance our abilities and expand our opportunities to serve other people. How are you doing that in your life and in your family and business? Well, uh, a few different ways, and, and it's all done through community. You know, one of the things that you and I have talked about uh, offline before is building together with people uh, to get things done, you know, team approach. And so one of the things I've started instituting in my bit, let's take my business, for instance, real estate. I don't have this whole thing figured out. Uh, And it's going to take me a long, long time to figure it out all by myself. So the best thing that I can do is go approach people that have already done it and they're doing it successfully the way I want to do it and learn how they do it and hopefully put a little bit of my own spin on it or even take what they're doing to the next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So learn what they're yeah. doing and then become good at what they're doing and take it to the next level to be able to help make the community better. And it. so it's it's kind of like the uh, it's kind of like not kind of, it is like what we do in The Givers. When you meet with somebody new to learn how to pour more value into the transaction with that person or the relation with that person or their business to add more value into that than what you're receiving in compensation. So the focus truly becomes the other person, not a business transaction. It truly becomes what can I bring to this person's life, family, or business that will add value to their life, family, or business, regardless of whether or not I get anything back? Right. And we call that giving with anticipation <laughs> instead of giving with expectation. expectation. Yeah, right. yeah. We give that way, we serve the people that way without attachment. We give ourselves without attachment. We release it. And whether or not they receive it, pick it up, do anything with it or not, or whether or not they ever make a referral to us or not, or whether or not they ever build back anything into our lives or not is, is, is irrespective of what's going on because we have given it without attachment. We're anticipating that true abundance will return our investment multiple fold and we give or allow the true abundance to return that to us however he chooses to do so. Right. And we don't care how it comes back into our lives. Right. And and one of the one of the ways I like to illustrate this the met the best closest relationships to us which are our friends and our spouses. Right? So we're called to be friends and spouses. And that's one of the things that that you'll hear a lot of people say is or the smart people say is that in order to be a, in order to uh, in order to have friends, you have to be a friend. Yeah. So you have to, in order to receive friendship, you have to pour it out into other people first yeah, you without really expecting it coming back. You really do. Well, Josh, we're going to have to cut it off right there. Our 30 right. minutes is about up, but would you come back again sometime? Absolutely. Uh, we you look just forward let me know to that. When. This has been the Givers Podcast, and we're here to connect you 
with true abundance. Feel free to share this podcast with other people that you know through social media and encourage them to listen every week to what we have to share with you about connecting with true abundance. Thank you personally for taking time to listen to the podcast. I'm Trey Bowden, your host of The Giver's Podcast, and we look forward to sharing time with you again in the near future. Be blessed. The Giver's Podcast with Trey Bowden is a presentation of Oklahoma Talking Company. Learn more and listen to other great programs at oklahomatalking.co.